0: to the third place we are fresh off the stage of history with soul caliber and now we're entering the streets of christmas new york city and i'm joined by my by one of my favorite people on the planet back for his third time around It is jack how are you doing tonight jack
1: oh i'm wonderful filled with the <laughs> christmas spirit because i oh. just got a Cat,
0: I, so that's history beautiful. making. I I know I've seen the pictures and she is adorable. <laughs> her her big green eyes, her uh-huh. her uh, because I have, you shared the pictures and I'm just like, oh, I want to pet her so bad. She's I know. is is she is she like just in the other room right now?
1: Yeah, she's on the couch right now. <laughs> I left the door open, so hopefully she'll come in.
0: You're gonna have a, a CAD podcasting camera. <laughs> this, this, the, the cat, the cat cam, Light, <laughs> li- live chili reaction.
1: <laughs> Just strap a camera to her head and have it be a 24-hour feed.
0: Yeah, you, you can add that as a Patreon tier. You get live uh-huh. chi- chili camera. we <laughs>
1: sort of walking around the house.
0: <laughs> I love that. Honestly. Uh-huh. If you just put like a little GoPro on a string and she'll probably think it's a toy. <laughs> See this. This is how we monetize the cat. You just make a. People would
1: probably like it. I would probably be a millionaire
0: we, <laughs> if that happened. We just have a, a a page just dedicated to up court like chili updates. Uh. But yeah, it. <laughs> I, I'm also in the Christmas spirit. It. Like, go, driving around the neighborhood and just seeing, like, certain houses going balls to the wall with their lights and uh, hearing Christmas music 24-7 at work. Uh, it's It always makes me happy. Like, it's my favorite time of the year, and the only thing personally for me missing is snow, but that's the Midwestern in me uh, wanting that.
1: Yeah, but, I've never... Wait, no, there has well technically there was was... like kind of a snowy christmas in in texas there was a white christmas it was like this is so unusual here but then when it happened it was just kind of like yeah whatever uh but um yeah uh that's a great where you live is a great place to be for christmas Mm. because it feels kind of like little women (laughs) new englandy even though it's not
0: (laughs) yeah it i definitely see that i mean it's it's that like sweet spot where like it has like the winter chill but and then like everyone at least in the area where i live like all the moms are like you know they they all go full like decorations everything like my mom personally she has her uh many storage coffins full of decorations that she's uh brought out of the basement and i think she has like at least 10 of them um Mm -hmm. and like just seeing every new little trinket and bit and bob come out of her like her swiss army knife of decorations always makes me happy like she has specific christmas plates that she brings out she has you know, different lights for different part of the house. See um when I was growing up, she had yeah, my mom used
1: to put up like the village and everything. Oh yeah. The Christmas village, the little houses. No. It's a lot my, of work to put those up.
0: Yeah, my mom she would she would have the nativity scene she would always put out. And but she also had like a little village like that where she had always a bag of snow. Where it's just like little pieces of paper that she would lay out, and yeah. uh, my my favorite thing as a kid was that she had a little music box uh, that you wound up and it played music and it was an ice rink. Um, oh yeah! And I would, as a young kid, I would just wind it up every every minute just to hear the music and watch the little ice skaters go on the little rink. Um,
1: yeah, my mom had one of those too. <laughs>
0: it I love uh my mom she always kind of gets sad in the fact she's like I have too much stuff it's like all your stuff is really cute and really like of a certain time and style like don't please don't get rid of it um yeah I, someone
1: said uh an employee said Merry Christmas to me today and not happy holidays so I was very pleased that's the first one this year she was uh it was at Walmart and she was uh, handicapped in a wheelchair so that's how yeah. I guess she's allowed to say Merry Christmas because oh. no one would question her people uh, will say happy happy holidays uh, it's, it's just to say Merry Christmas to people I'll, I'll be honest because it turns it's like it's like wearing a fucking hat now it it's oh. it's really it's, s- just like a point
0: it's really sad <laughs> like because all of-
1: i think about it every single day about how the whole year is halloween and three days are something called holiday
0: so, yeah. holiday the 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 corporate approved holiday with yeah what solid- holiday
1: is is a red background
0: maybe you've a green haired mulatto <laughs> in yeah, front of it with uh her santa hat but it's just basic enough where that's like all the like little flair she has maybe i
1: think they're doing away with santa too honestly Uh, just because it's a white man i I don't see much about santa i think
0: i've seen the black uh, santas so
1: well those don't sell and black people don't buy them so i think there was a few years after like george floyd and everything where they made black santas and everything but they're just like in these big kind of like et atari landfill uh (laughs) clearance heaps uh at uh fka garden ridge at home um <laughs> and so maybe they saw that that was unprofitable i think for the black people they do uh they're they're replacing uh santa claus and jesus with the grinch who's black coated <laughs> yeah he, like I... steals things and he's in yeah, a bad mood i can who, yeah, was, I it, see who it. was it in the chat that said he had heart disease? He's black-coated because <laughs> he has heart, heart disease. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't expect too many more years of Santa Claus.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It's so sad. I mean, that's why I'm, like, adamant to my parents, like, don't get rid of your stuff when, you know, just give it to me. I'll keep it cherished. I'll keep on the lineage, so to say. Um, Because... There's all there's so there's just like a joy like I all there's so many like really fond memories and some of it is tied to games like I remember getting the um toys R Us uh like magazines like or uh newspaper ads about stuff that like you know for a sale and I was like I want that one like I would I would circle it with a pen and leave it by my mom's calendar. And like hope, like this is what I want. She's like, oh, you, you know, you gotta hope Santa listens to you. I'm like, like okay, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure he knows. There, I'm. I remember like the first really big gaming Christmas thing that I remember personally was when I got a PS3. <laughs> um, that was like one of my most exciting memories honestly because i was like right what when out was... generation was it um it was the fat one it was the first gen the original one okay. not not the one with the full suite of features unfortunately they had mm-hmm. they had just removed them but to me as a 13 year old i was just like i don't care i want my playstation 3 um and i love how I, like i saw it wrapped and i was like i just knew I was, like, it felt heavy and i was like okay dreams do come true <laughs> uh, and uh yeah
1: when i think about the audacity that i had to like write like these really heavily decorated like christmas lists of just all the stuff that i wanted <laughs> and i th- yeah, I get, it, it, you're like a spoiled princess like me, I and mean, they got yeah. it all for me. They gave me everything I wanted. So.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, the daddy's a little princess. Um. Daddy's a
1: little princess really <laughs> sucks for kids who are bad, <laughs> so they don't get everything they want. Yeah,
0: I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what it's like to be a bad kid. I wouldn't know so. what it's
1: like to be a bad kid who yeah. uh, has to enjoy coal and divorced parents for Christmas. Yeah, I wouldn't I get, know what that's like. I get, i'm good i get video games i get <laughs> i'm good every year so you <laughs> got whatever i want such as yeah. this year when what i asked for was uh i don't know a giant tanker of uh mitsuko and guess mm-hmm. what santa claus got it for me santa claus and he got, it, me, he got so and, he,
0: and he got it to you early so that means you got he it got, to me early and
1: in about like uh starting about like October fifteenth, anything that I want to buy for myself, I'm like, this is my Christmas gift to myself. <laughs> but I just keep doing it about everything.
0: Yeah, and then, yeah. This podcast and therefore all purchases after uh yeah. in October are Santa approved.
1: I need it for research for my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm a podcaster.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I justify to Santa when I buy a hundred sixty dollar games. Like Santa, it's for the pod. You know.
1: yep i just i just <laughs> did it i i don't even want to say how much i spent on a bottle of Corona nuit de noel because i wanted it for a specific podcast episode and i used that for justification will remain um, a mystery well someone who shall remain unnamed but who you saw last night Has the funny video game uh, Christmas memory of wanting an original Nintendo, (laughs) but his parents got him an Atari.
0: Oh, no. And
1: he, like, threw a fit about it. <laughs> and then felt really bad! <laughs> I, th- I think it was, like, eight or something. <laughs> but oh, it's just no. really funny. Like, the, the like, Don Davenport female trouble, like, <laughs> like, not getting the cha-cha heels for Christmas, <laughs> like, stamping. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was much nicer than that, but it's just funny. But, like, it is, like, a com- like a it- commercial you'd imagine where, like, part of it would be in black and white. It's, like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, we want a Nintendo for Christmas, but you got the Atari. Uh,
0: it's funny because that said person said he sh- I should listen to your show. <laughs> <I'm> like
1: <laughs>
0: this is out of love, I promise.
1: <laughs> no, I. It is out of love. I find it charming. Uh, <laughs> I just so brought cute. it up because it's a video game podcast. This yeah, is it's, funny
0: memory. <laughs> it's so it's so cute though. I mean, it's adorable. I mean, I remember the one time i got a christmas video game gift and on uh my my firm belief in uh the the christmas magic was challenged you know where i got uh the thing i got which was a guitar hero world tour drum set and it didn't work i was like uh, it doesn't work like uh what do i do and then there's like hey but don't worry it'll get fixed and i was like okay like and then, oh. like, a day later, a new one, of pe- a newer one showed up. I'm like, he is real. Listen.
1: Oh, my God. You're just as much of a spoiled brat as me. <laughs> Remember when the fourth Harry Potter book came out? And I got it for Christmas. I mean, I wasn't even young enough for this to be justified at that point. But I was in, like, seventh grade. And I got it with my Christmas stuff and started reading it. And then uh, my brother, like, spilled something on it on, like, one corner of it. And uh, I was like, it's ruined, it's ruined. And they just bought me another one. Just bought me another one.
0: We're just, we're just precious angels. It's good that de- I'm de- good enough to deserve all this treatment. <laughs> Which is so funny. <laughs> I, I think the one... the if In terms of a, a Christmas memory where it's, like, you know, the one time where I'm, like, I'll get it for you uh, early because you know, my mom was like in her early sixties and she's like, I'm not bothering to wait in line to get you a PlayStation four. Like you go get it. I'm like, okay. And then I went, uh, I went at like seven in the morning to a Best Buy, like 40 minutes away. And I was 18 at the time and it had just started snowing outside and I was in line for like an hour or so, and it was like one of those first come first serve type things. And I was panicking because I saw the big ass line. I was like, "Did I just do all this for nothing?" Um, and then thankfully, I got it. But then I had to drive home in a literal blizzard. And thank oh God, gosh. thank God, my old CRV held held firm, and I got to uh, have my uh, console that I was not really thrilled about for five years.
1: But imagine how cool that would be if like you died right then, like clasping your <laughs> PlayStation 4 that you just waited in line for, but you got it.
0: Yeah, I could just say I well, and that's actually my one and only time I did the uh time honored tradition of waiting for a new video game console. It's the one time I ever got to do that. Um, because I was too young to do anything else, uh the other ones, uh, because they don't when the new consoles came out 3 years ago they didn't do it because you know of the fake virus so oh right but that, that that was really sad cuz it's like they just mailed it to me and i was like oh, okay that that's not as cool as like you know you, all the stories of people just like waiting out overnight in the cold it's yeah like... i liked that
1: whatever happened to that like i feel like that was a really common occurrence for like movies mm-hmm. up until they made uh i don't know the star wars movies with like the laura dern one or whatever people would still like wait in line to go see that i how did that just like invisibly end lines of star wars nerds i i'm becoming a star wars nerd this year by the way oh really i mean i already am one but i feel like Get a, I like get... we went to Disneyland and walked through the Star Wars part, and uh-huh. I thought it was really sick. So
0: I've never personally been. Um, but I do I have a very faint memory of a Star Wars game playing as a kid. And
1: the side the Super Nintendo ones?
0: No, I think it was a PS one one or PS2 uh one, and all I remember because I was a dumb kid. I was like, I don't get how... I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then uh, I never touched it afterwards. It's this really, really faint memory in my mind. And I had to be like six or seven years old. So if anything wasn't clearly spelled out to me, I was like, this game stinks. Yeah, Um,
1: there were a lot of really uh, kind of blurry and distinct Star Wars games from that generation but the super nintendo ones i really liked
0: yeah speaking of super Super star wars
1: okay super star wars yeah it's hard as fuck uh (laughs) uh and he i believe you couldn't save on that it was passwords i you could enter passwords to get to specific levels
0: that sounds about right
1: (laughs) but that was hard Empire Strikes Back was hard, and then by Return of the Jedi, it was real fucking easy. So (laughs) I liked the Return of the Jedi one a
0: lot. You you grinded it out, uh, but I would still
1: play it all the time because back then you only had like three games, and you would just play them over and over again. That was like it was just like Super Mario World. That Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's the two games
0: you have. (laughs) Yeah, I like how this is the one Super Nintendo game that I own, and. The only reason I bought it was because it was like eight dollars. <laughs> it was like, well, I now can check something off my my uh ever growing my Excel sheet that I use to track what I own and what I don't own.
1: Excel sheet. I keep meaning to start an Excel sheet of like, it's too late at this point. But just like <laughs> it's, sometimes it's I over. can't remember like what I've read. Uh, what I don't remember what movies I've watched at all um i feel like my brain is being rotted from the covid vaccine or something maybe but yeah i don't remember but yeah the idea of a spreadsheet that just tells me frankly whether i've seen something or not
0: i mean I, nice. I i had to do it because there was i bought a game twice accidentally and i didn't realize it but yeah i i have my uh my silly little spreadsheet right here and oh my it's, God. It's, it's categorized by my different consoles that i own uh and it shows to me how much of a life i don't have by having I just all these kind of ca- use
1: my podcast as a spreadsheet now that i think of it because yeah, everything I, mean, I read i do an episode on so yeah
0: and you have the you know what perfume and what you talked about like in the description mm-hmm. that you like see when you see the like when you're scrolling the list so i mean technically that counts Mm-hmm. So the the, mm-hmm. the podcast is your way of of cataloging um
1: yep. it's my my diary
0: I love I love the little diary this, <laughs> that's how I feel about when I talk about silly video games with a bunch of people um <laughs> I'm trying to think of any like I remember. I distinctly remember how like it was super important that like at school like if there was a game all the guys played I had to make sure it's like mom dad you don't understand I'm gonna be left out if I don't have this game because everyone else is playing I remember that
1: feeling and often it would be a game that I like like silently kind of hated but would pretend to like anyway like Virtua Tennis or Crazy Taxi
0: (sighs) Oh, uh, I see. I I love those, but that's just I was me. Like, I don't want to
1: be playing tennis, but <laughs> but it, everybody loved it at the time. So
0: I I far
1: be it for me to disagree publicly until twenty <laughs> years later.
0: Listen, hey, there, there's a game for everyone. I I I still love that. Uh, I never played virtual tennis until Scott told me to get it for my Dreamcast. Um, yeah
1: i could I, never find a just sports game or anything even like resembling a sports game that i liked i mean even like mario party or something like that was like <laughs> too close to a sport, <laughs> sports game just because you know jiggling yeah. joysticks
0: yeah i mean i there are certain sports games that i like just because i've played sports and then i'm a sports fan but I could never be like the guys at school who got the newest one every single year. Like I could never, like, it just got to the point where it's like, I'm seeing the same thing over and over again. I want, I want something new, but like for when I was in late mid, like eighth grade to freshman year for for most part through high school, the thing was call of duty was the thing everyone had and you had to have it Because and you had to have online so that you could play with each other. And you know, you would randomly roll into one of your like friends who had like a lobby going and you would just like spend the whole night and you know, I just (laughs) I distinctly remember telling my mom, it's like every guy is playing this game and do you want your son to not, you know, be on the outside looking in sort of thing? Wow. and listen, my mom did
1: you use those words, the outside no. looking in?
0: <laughs> no, no. I probably just said, like, everyone's playing it. Can I please have it?
1: Like Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I've still never played an online game. I've never played a video game that where people are online.
0: I mean, before they started making everything sanitized, it was like the ultimate battleground of like screaming guys like just trying to show who was better um right the the call of duty thing was at least for like in my age range that was a huge thing because I remember being in like these lobbies with people and they would just start throwing every like slur you could think at at each other
1: wait was but, call of duty what like hot dumb guys played yes or... Yes. Okay. Every, like, yeah, and, that's the one that people like make fun of because it's what hot dumb guys yes. play instead of whatever you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> some RPG.
1: Uh, the what's the Dark Souls? Instead of playing uh, Dark Souls, you play the. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but
0: but that's weird. Is like Dark Souls now like average guys play that now, and it's so it's really strange to see.
1: Well, I never played it, but the relentlessly positive review, like elitist reviews of it make you really uh, want to experience it.
0: And I guess I, it's like
1: when I, you know, like on my show, like talk about, about some uh, difficult, uh, time consuming bullshit mm-hmm. and uh, that nobody knows what it is. And then it makes them want to experience it. Yeah. I mean, on paper, those games do
0: sound. They're. uh
1: pretty they're,
0: they're really good i mean some are better but than like them. if they're
1: so hard how can everyone play it that's, that's what i don't understand i like i would see like girls posting screenshots like not like regular girls but like the like alt-right like mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you know I... like
1: a girl who's really good at like memeing
0: yeah i mean i i doubt if they've played it like but it. Yeah dark souls and all those games it's very much like the ultimate test of like the nest where guys will just like lock themselves in their room just to beat one boss i personally this year with one of their new games from that company i spent like a whole night trying to beat one boss and it took me like three hours to do but Mm. you know in a weird way you you if you have someone you know like at work or your friends and like you just mention it suddenly now it's a conversation about like oh did you see this or did you see that like it's a weird world to live in where that is like something you can talk with friends about are these like like these operatic dark scary difficult action games that are like pulling influences from like you know berserk and like lovecraft and all these things
1: that's berserk that's another thing i don't know how anyone's read that i have you read it no um i even like i look at it and i like i should get into that everyone makes it sound so cool but those it's what like 50 volumes of those hardback things that are like 70 bucks each mm-hmm how the I, fuck I, do people
0: read that I, you got me maybe it's just because it's like a manga and it has like pictures so it's like easier to read I suppose but even oh, then they're like they're I like read manga
1: at all I bought that fucking Akira box set that weighs 800 pounds and it's the size <laughs> of a bowling ball just in a moment of boredom and I've only ever opened it up to play with the physical books and never read mm-hmm. them because I'm like it's pictures <laughs> yeah
0: I... hey, hey,
1: hey, <laughs> like...
0: oh my god yeah i mean i don't know like but yeah the hot guys would play call of duty and then you would like at least when i was growing up like it's there was like this whole dynamic of like you would run into like some 20 something online and they would just start calling you faggot and the n-word and then like mm-hmm. Um, like me and my friends would start to like fight fight back in a sense where we would like purposely try to make them even more upset. Like it, it was a weird dynamic back in the day where you either worse you ran into people who were hyper aggressive, or you ran into people who were just trying to like be as retarded as possible, and that was it was like a beautiful playground back in the day before they um stopped letting guys have fun by themselves with uh games like mm-hmm. there there's a famous like study it might be completely bullshit but there's this study of how like incidents of guys having violent you know incidents like dramatically went down when call of duty hit its peak in the late 2000s and then like in the 2010s it came right back up mm-hmm. and it was like yeah that's just you know everyone at christmas time they get their call of duty and then they can you know spend hours with their friends just like going town on something and the thing is about those call of duty games is they were kind of like rpgs also where it suddenly became like a little game about oh i have to level up to get the new thing and get this attachment because it'll make me better in the game and Call those early games they encouraged you to get even better and better where i in one of them if you killed 25 people in a row without dying you could get an insta game over for the whole lobby and it's one of my proudest achievements with games is getting that one time what Uh, game
1: do normal hot guys play now if they exist
0: they're either playing some sports game, Madden or NBA 2K. They're I and they're either they're playing some sort of battle royale game like Fortnite, or they still play Call of Duty. I will say that Call of Duty has been like the one consistent, even though Call of Duty's it's so hot. Even though Call of Duty is trying to like get other people, women basically to like care about it. Like they recently, Call of Duty added Nicki Minaj as a character you could play as. I was like,
1: that's, that's... supposed to get women.
0: Well, I, I'm just saying, like Call of Duty's trying to get other I know but demographics. Yeah, they're trying to get demographic
1: as <laughs> women.
0: Yeah, they're trying to get they're trying to get yeah, they're trying to get uh gays to play Call of Duty, which is I saw many of videos like, and they were hilarious. Old gays? No, I, don't, I yeah, I don't. Yeah, think I, so. I saw
1: that. I mean I like the idea of Nicki Minaj being in a video game.
0: Yeah, and they and she voiced, she did voice lines for her too and they gave her like specific things just for her character. It's kind of hilarious. Um oh gosh. But yeah, they're they're trying desperately to get other demographics and it doesn't work uh because everyone when they think Call of Duty is you boy thing. Because it's it's a military shooter, so you can't get women or gays interested in it Our for too long.
1: Versions of it like woke in some way, I assume.
0: Like the the only thing I've ever seen is that they've added more like female soldiers in like oh, story yeah. mode, and you can play as a female soldier. But it's it's so inconsequential to like the act of playing the game that like no one cares. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, Call of Duty somehow, for the most part, has stayed the same. It's it's an interesting little franchise that tried to start off as like a earnest like World War II simulator type thing, Mm -hmm. but then then they went to like modern day setting, and then everything changed. Like it became the biggest thing on planet Earth in two thousand seven. Like. I, that was that was that was an example of like when my I told my parents you have to give me Modern Warfare two because I missed out on Modern Warfare one and all my friends and their brothers played it and I felt like the one kid out I was like my mom won't let me play games M rated I'm twelve years old
1: <laughs> mine never uh, noticed the rating system or never policed what I played and never cared
0: I mean. My parents did up to a certain point, like I've told you and on the show, like they caved for the first time when I was 12 with Twisted Metal Black because I said, oh, I can skip all the scary, like the violent scenes, which I didn't. But Call of Duty, I'm just like, all my friends are playing it and all the like blood and gore is not in the multiplayer, which, you know, is kind of true. It's like a half truth I told my parents. But
1: mine never noticed anything that I I mean, I was even I was playing like Fear Effect 2 and stuff, which is so porny. mm -hmm. But I guess it just all registered as really stupid and cartoonish to them.
0: I think for me, my parents because I was growing up in the age of Grand Theft Auto. So they were like they they knew what that was and they knew what was in it. So they're, I think they were more strict about, like, M-rated games with me, like, because I, I remember growing up, and my bro- my oldest brother had one of them on the shelf, and, like, they were insistent on, like, you can't play that one, like, you, you are, like, not allowed to look at it, which, again, I watched my brother play one of them, and... Of course, for some reason they didn't care when my brother was playing it, and I just watched. But
1: that's been turned woke now too, huh?
0: It uh, that's that's an interesting thing about the new one is like I get a weird feeling about that one because Grand Theft Auto is so big and it literally prints money now. Where and also because their fan base is every hood rat black guy loves Grand Theft Auto, so like, they Maybe can't... Maybe that's why I hate it. <laughs> so, I, it's it's, inter- it's weirdly like, oh, they're actually sh- not trying to have like, these like, random black characters trying to be like, NASA scientists. They're all just like, variations of a Lizzo in the trailer I saw, um, like, a few weeks ago. So, like, it's...
1: Did I ever tell you I saw a new copy of grand theft auto 3 for playstation 2 on sale at a nearby walmart in 2015
0: really wow for
1: real 2015 that's insane a Look. playstation 2 game
0: <laughs> the, that just shows the stink. there was like
1: several of them it had the price tag and there was a line of them i
0: uh, have man i that just shows the people still wanted to play it, for, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I'll share my thoughts on GTA Six one day. I guess when it comes out in two years. Um, it Grand Theft Auto is such a interesting little thing. I I'm
1: I'm with her. I'm with Hillary Clinton. I think I'm. <laughs> uh... i think it caused everyone to become a dirtbag leftist who doesn't care about crime i can see that that's my that's my i think someone else fed me that take and then i thought it was right but then now i think i thought of it i can't remember who said it i um but i I was like that's so true because now people you know the whole thing is like people uh pretending crime is acceptable at all times yeah being like if you are mad that your car got broken into it's just because you're a pussy
0: yeah i could totally see that i just i find it funny just hillary clinton because she is enshrined in one of the grand theft autos i
1: just uh, like that there's something that people want to censor that i want to censor too It's like, <laughs> it's like a new experience for me so i like i'm like i don't care about that game so yeah,
0: um, I I'm, I'm with her you you got the picket sign, you yeah got, got you got the hat. Sign. you got the pussy hat it's like I'm with her
1: <laughs> for the first time ever. I support <laughs> censorship
0: <laughs> well uh, yeah, I mean I you there will definitely be some sort of like uh- co- like protest of the game, so we gotta get you in one of those um. Unfortunately, the main guy who used to be, like, the loudest voice about banning Grand Theft Auto doesn't, I don't know if he, he doesn't. I want to do
1: it. I want to get revenge on everyone online making me look at their fucking ban porn takes. <laughs> I want to get revenge on everyone and go up on a podium and say ban Grand Theft Auto.
0: Well, yeah. We can do that. trying to take my porn away. This is what my show is. It's just giving, giving you a platform to ban Grand Theft Auto.
1: Yeah, I want to ban.
0: <laughs> you can single-handedly uh, crash the economy of Scotland, is because that's where Grand Theft Auto. And is I made. want
1: all the like money that it made. I want it to go as reparations to some like slush fund that f- actually funnels secretly back to me. <laughs> yeah, but like it's the- like the victims of video game violence. <laughs>
0: We can we can finally get like one of those like a uh, fake DC charity fund things where it just funnels into some politician just for you. Yeah, uh, I'll I... get a
1: black woman with dreadlocks figurehead to be in charge of it, <laughs> and no one will know it's just me.
0: <laughs> I love that. I want that for you. Um, yeah. yeah, I I will say that I
1: supported free speech. Not in this case, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I I love that. I I'm glad I can give you your anti Grand Theft Auto platform on this show. <laughs> um, but I will it. say, I think it's I, the I, most
1: boring game ever.
0: I will say, <laughs> I will say, to kind of tie it to Christmas, I never asked for Grand Theft Auto for Christmas, so there there is a connection. It does not bring me Christmas joy. Um, the only th- I. I remember specific, like when I got my PS3, I only asked for Uncharted, uh, Ratchet and & Clank, and then a third game that I can't remember for the life of me. Um, it might have been a skateboarding game. My uh,
1: first video game Christmas was the year Super Nintendo came out, so I guess 91.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and we were... this This never happened again, but we were all at my grandparents' house in East Texas, and that's where they gave it to us. And I remember me and my brother and sister going into the back to my grandparents' bedroom to hook it up and playing it. Uh, we got Super Mario World, mm-hmm. uh, Mario Paint. Mm-hmm. I think that was the two games that we had. And maybe later Mario Kart. <laughs>
0: From Humble Beginnings.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I- but yeah, sitting on that beige carpet and playing that a very happy memory
0: oh i love that and yeah i i just wanted to spend this first half talking about christmas stuff and i like how it went into a anti-grand theft auto uh bit uh i love that all but
1: well i'm trying to like pull together like uh i play video games so rarely that i'm like uh (laughs) only when i come on your show do i like uh dump out all my recent (laughs) video game thoughts (laughs) uh uh let's see i I was with uh I actually played badly video games for a moment like a couple months ago mm-hmm. and realized I hate Smash Brothers <laughs> more than like anything. That's the worst game ever made. <laughs> it's Im- it's like you can't even see what's going on.
0: It's it is hectic, I will say that. And it's so complicated. I hate it. I've never been good at it. Um and i don't know i kind of like let it be and i've never really thought about it i know people take it really seriously and i don't get it but uh yeah that i'm always terrible granted i'm bad at fighting games even though i've covered i don't know anyone gets good at that that specific game no and if you see a quote-unquote good player and it thinks like it looks like they're spazzing out uh, on screen, yeah. it's it's something. It's almost outside of my uh ca- capabilities as as a gamer, quote unquote. the The only fighting game that I'm like barely good at is Tekken, and uh, even then, I'm giving myself way too much credit when I say I am barely good at that game.
1: But it's uh, like
0: uh,
1: thruple gaze. The nintendo gaze and the, the dark straps the the, the switch like u- the switch unicorn users. poop people yeah it's uh, the, that are the, playing smash brothers right
0: yes they are a a good a big contingency of that player base i've also seen normal guys play that one too which is interesting um but i think they just like the fact that there is a game where you can like just be again it's just competitive a game that's gets people really competitive and they want to be the best person. So I think average guys like that fact and you can play with four, three other people. I think that's the, the allure to them, but you definitely, if online wise, those gays are definitely a huge smash fan base. You see them everywhere. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's just the, that's just the switch what in if, general What if
1: you found the perfect guy and it was one of those unicorn poop uh-huh. pop,
0: pop, pop. Uh-huh. I, I would, would you
1: be able to put up with that?
0: I well, I would look down at my hands, and one would have like a weapon for myself. Be like, do is this where I finally end video game? But those loving... people
1: usually sedate you with sex. That's the problem. It's like <laughs> it's if like... someone's retarded, they usually sedate you with sex, so you're less <laughs> likely to get away.
0: Yeah, I, no, I yeah, I would just be <laughs> like, oh, I'd be the red pill, blue pill moment for me. <laughs> I'll just be like, do <laughs> do I lobotomize my lobotomize myself, or do I like take the noble way and get the fuck out? Uh it thank sucks. God! Thank yeah. God it hasn't happened to me. Um, hopefully it stays that way. Um, but knowing my luck, it will definitely happen. Um, unfortunately, pup
1: mask. <clears throat> what if they pulled out the pup mask?
0: All right, I'll I'll just be like, all right. <laughs> Where's the door? I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, God, uh, every time, it's just like every time I I've looked at my Switch, I'm just like I get a uh, the come was it the come and see like thousand yard stare <laughs> it's like it's like God no, I'm I, I, it's it's like a uh, blood memories and I'm just like I'm reminded of like just this evil, evil thing that lurks underneath the screen in that system. Um, yeah. Which just sucks because there's a lot of companies like to port their older games to that system, and I'm really upset by that. It's like, I have to own it purely for that. Um, right. But it's it's the monkey's paw of all things for gaming. Is like, I have to support the Switch because I can get all my old JRPGs ported to it. But then there's all the, just the the uh, parasite Eve mitochondria gloop that's coming out to kill me.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough for me. Like when I'll like be looking at porn on Twitter and I end up looking at like normie gay accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like hard for me to even get like. When you just see how bad it really is out there, just in terms of how the vast majority of people choose to represent themselves on the internet. Um, yeah. And it's like <laughs> Nintendo Switch, uh, Unicorn Poop, Funko Pop, uh, <laughs> Cub Face, Black Lives Matter, and Bio still for like all of them.
0: It's yeah. chilling. It's chilling. I still... <laughs> I remember when you took that joke photo of you in the Vita. I just the like that that's that type of person entirely. And oh my god, it just it makes me so sad. It's like I'm trying my best to like hold the line and make
1: you should lean into it and uh uh like lure those people in (laughs) by sexualizing your image and masquerading as one of those before you the, reveal this... the untold
0: depths <laughs> this is this is the 2024 plan this yeah. is this is all I, I feel like uh yeah it's like parasite eve connecting to that it's just like oh, i gotta go i'm i'm like eve and i'm trying to find the sperm mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but yeah that was nice talking about christmas so i i feel like it's time to uh, Wait, I didn't give
1: my other good video game
0: Christmas. Oh, okay. Let's see.
1: Between there, between that, there was Nintendo 64 Christmas where we got the gold Zelda cartridge, Mm -hmm. and that was the first like 3D console Mm -hmm. uh, we had. And then the best one of all was the Squaresoft Extravaganza PlayStation 1 Christmas. which I've talked about many times. I guess PlayStation 1s were so old then that they'd gone down to like $100. So I got a PlayStation with Final Fantasy VIII, Seven, Anthology, Tactics, uh, Gran Turismo, Metal Gear yeah, yeah, Solid. I believe that was it. Uh, but I was like in paradise because I'd been waiting to play Final Fantasy VIII forever.
0: Uh, I love all those games you said are really good. They're like some of mm-hmm. my favorite stuff. I mean, Metal Gear, obviously, but like, I love to imagine that a, a younger you playing Gran Turismo, like that. Yeah, I, I Gran Turismo is one of my favorite things. I have a I have a funny memory with that where my uncle took me to like an EB games one time when I was like eight and I asked for Gran Turismo and they I paid for it and everything and then I remember like going home and it's just like there was no game in the case so we had to go back no it was yeah that was a weird little memory that's like stuck in my head and I remember at first being very confused by grand grand turismo where it's like this like it's like this uh lounge and atmosphere where it's got all this jazz music and you're just like looking at real life cars and i was like this is like this feels like it's for older people i remember thinking that to myself as a kid like i have to be older to appreciate it which yeah which was true for me. Like when I got a little older, I came to appreciate Gran Turismo more. Where it's just like I
1: just remember the graphics seeming really incredible for PlayStation One. Like the way that the cars, like they
0: they look reflected pretty real. sheen. Yeah, at
1: that time, like it looked really good.
0: Yeah, in my opinion, those ones still look really good today, and they play mm-hmm. really well too. And they also have like really cool. At least the second game has like a really cool soundtrack. Um, I know they have, like, Daft Punk's on there. The Chemical Brothers was on the soundtrack. I mean, but that was that era where, like, any racing game basically had, like, some of the coolest music you can think of. Like, uh, the Wipeout games had it having just, like, pure, like, techno music on them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have, uh, the first Wipeout game soundtrack on my phone. 'Cause I love it so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. That like I still clear as day, I remember getting the first wipeout on a demo disc and being terrified of the opening movie in that game because it looks looks so scary. Where it's just like this yeah. grimy, like s- space future thing, and there's like robots and it's it like terrified me for some reason as like a five year old, and like I didn't want to play it for a few a while. <laughs> uh i'm amazed at what my younger self thought was scary but i
1: i mean the ads for it looked scary in adults too
0: still has the greatest uh magazine ad i've ever seen for a game uh with <laughs> the two the two kids in the car with their nose bleeding and they look like they just did a line yeah it's it's still the coolest ad and i it's funny because i saw a thing on my timeline talking about how controversial it was and I was like mm-hmm. yeah because that was when games were like really cool and yeah. pushing new boundaries Um, unless you have anything more to talk about with Christmas and games I think I want to talk about the game tonight um, which is Parasite Eve. I was going to ask what did you what would you say is the perfume pairing for this game if Ooh, you had...
1: uh, 1997 Parasite Eve Hypnotic Poison would be really good that's like of okay. uh, this era that's very <laughs> like cutting edge 1997
0: uh, <laughs> I, I'm probably going to buy it this week then <laughs>
1: yeah it, I mean it, it's it's a Huge hit. It's one of the few perfumes it's like 25 years old that they still sometimes carry it like Sephora or Ulta. Mm-hmm. But it smells like uh like almond play doh root mm-hmm. beer kind of thing, but it's mm-hmm. great. It's and it has the uh you know archetypal misogynist imagery of the apple eve, you know, uh women being poisonous. So it's good for this
0: the you're way better at this and i i just picked out my bottle of truth or dare just because oh
1: <laughs> that's good for it too
0: because i feel like that's something what io would wear like yeah. um but speaking of since our last time on my show i did get laguna uh which you pair <laughs> you said went with FF8 and i like it a lot it's the first salvador dali i have um but it's like a really fun one like it is
1: fun i think it's unusual yeah it's because it's like kind of cinnamony christmas but also aquatic
0: yeah like and plus the bottle is like really striking too like yeah i mean i've i've never i haven't owned like the the original one so i've never saw that like the lips and nose thing yeah in the what in the wild so like for the first week i owned it i just kept playing with it it's like <laughs> <laughs>
1: i love playing with those lips and noses too. It,
0: but yeah i'm i'm really happy i own it i um in my Glad closet yeah i mean hey let's it's been stated many times when you just when you like talk to me about stuff and you're like, you should get that or that one's good. I <laughs> used, I just like in a like, you can just start a countdown timer for me and be like, I will buy it in the next week. <laughs> I mean, that happened when you came here to Charlotte last year. Like you, we went to that like Indian perfume shop in, in the ghetto mall and you pointed out the truth or dare. I'm like, I can't let that sit there. I, I know. I, I I have to get it and save it because who knows is yeah. gonna get it.
1: I think it's really important to save bottles from dire situations if possible. Like when we went to New Jersey earlier this year, there was just like a little drugstore somewhere and there was this like faded box of aromatics elixir that had been sitting there clearly for like 20 years. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like I have to save that even though i have literally like 10 bottles of it
0: yeah now no you're i don't R- want
1: it to go in a, the et landfill
0: your your rpg inventory is getting it's <laughs> hitting its limit yeah. yeah this feels like in parasite eve when uh the the japanese guy gives you all the little good luck charms and they have, <laughs> they have no point and they're just there to fill up your inventory yeah it uh yeah you're you're my perfume bottles are my RPG little trinkets that I own. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what specific instance do I use this for stat buffs? (laughs) Because like my rotation right now is really kind of boring and I kind of don't like it. I need to, because I put what I wear in my car to like for work primarily. And right now my rotation is Drakkar Z14, the dreamer sex appeal, I think those are the four that I have in there. Drakkar just stays in there just because it's the gym one. But mm-hmm. I need to swap out. Uh, Because if there's one thing about my current job is that pretty much everyone compliments me on what I wear. And I wear a lot of stuff. So they're like, the fact that they all like it. it well, makes...
1: that's because you're so cute that people are not going <laughs> to tell you not. You're so cute and so sweet nobody's going to be offended by your perfume if you were just like a bitch (laughs) then they probably would
0: i i think i told you this on the ff13 thing but i still think of our floral uh our florist coming up to me and she's like she was head over heels for z14 and she bought it for her husband and he didn't like it so she wears it
1: that's really cool
0: like I think it's great on a girl. I it gave me like immense respect for her. I mean, I already loved her to begin with, but like the fact is like you you're wearing this like 70s men's, you know, fragrance like and that's gism-
1: totally chic. I mean, mm-hmm. Halston is eternally cool. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I let's and people like the dreamer, I will say that. Like they and people they enjoy that when I wear that one out um
1: that's one i've never owned it's like cinnamony kind of right
0: yeah and it's got like a hint a hint of smoke on it a hint of smoke like it's it's one of those bottles where it's like no matter how much you use it it somehow like never changes it feels like it goes on for infinity
1: i can't believe Um, you went through a whole bottle of animal (laughs) <laughs> that's insane
0: <laughs> well I was wearing it at the uh, the Walmart and I wore it like several times and I wore heaping amounts of it and because that was when they were enforcing masks and stuff so like I wore a ton so I could smell myself through it mm-hmm. and again no one bothered me thank god although I still think of the time at that job at Walmart where I wore aromatics, and I wore a lot, and it made the HR lady sick.
1: Oh, my God. Like yeah, she... I did that in the early days. I went into a college classroom and uh, wearing a ton of aromatics, and the teacher was, like, clearly having some sort of, like, serious attack.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, fun. It was funny, too. Like, we, have, we had, a, like, a little computer room, and that's where I used- went to clock in. And I walked back over there. It's like, oh, I can smell it. I left I left a Pepe Le Pew stink trail in that room.
1: That's so cool.
0: Um, I will say the person that we were referencing earlier was wearing Ganymede last night, and it was re- I never smelled it before, and I really liked it.
1: Yeah, it's great. It has a uh, really hoary siage. Um mm-hmm. I love smelling well, it all the time.
0: I don't know if he told you this, but uh his lift driver was very into it um so much yeah, so yeah
1: cuz it's it's a real like uh man whore <laughs> scent
0: i i'll have to get that one too i'm adding it's like
1: it ain't cheap <laughs> i bought it all for him
0: <laughs> um oh yeah and then also another perfume thing uh my yearly tradition of giving uh fryan uh a gift because his birthday is right around christmas uh i got him perry ellis Uh, oh nice i love perry ellis that's a very crypt like obscure one yeah and he's told me everyone at his job loves it like they think it's it's amazing yeah it's um, so good yeah, so I was like so happy that like it was a hit there. And I'm just like, well, what if I scrolled onto the fragrance net and bought myself one too?
1: Um made... i love to hear that. Fryan always leaves the sweetest comments on all of my episodes, like yeah, he months he, after they come
0: out. He's a he's a sweet angel, that is he definitely is. for sure. Um and i know he he's he tells me about like stuff he bought i think there was one big haul he got recently that was re- i need i can't remember what he got though um but he was really happy about it it was stuff that you've covered on recently so of you know it was going to be good so it's always fun to hear his fragrance talks just cuz he's super into it and all that and he you know uh He was such a lovely guest on the Soul Calibur episode. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yes, so Parasite Eve, uh, it was a came out in America on September 10th, 1998 as a PlayStation one exclusive. Uh, It was the result of many different factors. It was a original concept for final fantasy seven where Hironobu Sakaguchi uh, went to the author because Parasite Eve is actually a novel and he went to the author and bought the rights to make a game for it uh, and the author gave him complete complete creative uh, freedom to do what he wanted with the property Um, and it is this it's a unique little RPG where it is very, very short for an RPG. You can beat this game in under 10 hours. Um, it features who I think is the most beautiful female character ever for a game, which is Iobrea, as she is a New York police detective trying to figure out uh, what this demonic uh, parasite monster named Eve is trying to kill everyone by setting themselves on fire. And it's got this really unique, only-on-PS1-type atmosphere and energy to it. Uh, and I I wanted to talk about it because it's a game set during Christmas. Um, it's one of the few games that uh, are set during it. Uh, the The only other game that I can think of at the top I had is Christmas Nights into Dreams, uh, <laughs> which has become a recent tradition for me. To play that game around Christmas. <laughs> uh, even though I own the Japanese version and I don't know what how to play the game in Japanese. What? Uh uh for my Sega Saturn, the the uh the ultimate uh crystal gem in my collection of why the fuck did oh. I buy why did I own why did I buy a Sega Saturn? Um it's so
1: what games do you have on it? I mean, uh, like all the famous games on it. Cost oh. Like $800 or whatever, right? If I
0: can find if oh, yeah. Because the if here's the thing this is a little tip for my listeners and also anyone else. Uh, if you want to maximize a Sega Saturn purchase, get the if it's called the 4M expansion card, uh, where it lets you play Japanese versions of Saturn games, and those are mm-hmm. cheaper. Um, and some of them have English. Um, mm-hmm. I can't find all of them, but here is my copy of Christmas Nights into Dreams. Beautiful. Uh I have Sega Touring Car Championship. Nice. Uh, and then <laughs> my ultimate why do I own this? Uh, it is a Evangelion game. Badass. Uh That, that is, looks
1: like it's probably really boring.
0: It's really boring. It's it's a from what I remember, it is a game where it's trying to basically be an episode of the show so you have like animation that looks like it's from the tv show and you have to make like decisions about what you want shinji to do uh and then it inter intermixed with it is rpg battles in the Avas. i'm not joking this is what this game is that sounds uh,
1: so cool and so boring i just like the idea of being a japanese kid in 1996 playing a
0: yeah, I mean it's cool on pre- on concept. It's just unfortunately the game is all in Japanese and I don't know what is going on. Yeah. Uh but it's got it's really I love this it's really pristine packaging. What's the like
1: legendary lost RPG on the Saturn that people would always talk about like Panzer Dragoon yeah, Panzer Saga. Dra-
0: yeah, Panzer Dragoon Saga where um when I went to the game store uh, for the first time, I saw it going for $1,800. Awesome. <laughs> uh, now it is, it is $1,200. Uh, uh, so my time to buy that game is getting closer. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Sega Saturn, uh, the console that was an abysmal failure in America, and that's why every game for it is fucking expensive. Unless you get the <laughs> Japanese versions. Um but yeah, mm-hmm. Parasite Eve is it, yeah it's it's one of my it's like a very underappreciated. It's such a unique little game It has such a unique premise. There's so much interesting backstory about the making of this game and the sort of fan base that it accumulated. Like there was like how Madonna was a rumored to be attached to a live action adaptation of the game. I think into a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that rumor got so big that Square Enix actually had to come out and say, "No, this isn't real." Um, It it's such a weird, yeah, it's such a weird little game that I really love. I love the music to death. I love Aya. But yeah, what what do you think of Parasite Eve, Jack? Uh,
1: It looked really. I remember uh, seeing it at the store. And it looked like it was just straight up porn from the cover because it was the first Squaresoft game rated M. Yes. And it was also the first one that I saw that said strong sexual content on the back. So I wondered really hard, like what that could possibly be. <laughs> Mature sexual themes. Mature sexual thing. And it's like mentioning sperm, (laughs) uh, which, you know, they never did in a video game then. Um, Yeah, it just that pink gauzy cover with these two weird women on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looked so lush and sexy and like vaginal. I and know. then I love the cover of Parasite Eve 2 as well, which is also weirdly provocative, where it's just like her leg is, her naked leg is like up, and it kind of looks like her legs are spread. Mm-hmm. Um, So they both uh, had this very kind of salacious image to them, mm-hmm. but uh, that um, period after Final Fantasy 7 of PS1 Squaresoft games is my favorite mm-hmm. era of gaming ever, because they were so experimental and they threw so much stuff at the wall, mm-hmm. uh seeing what would stick. And everything was like a different new IP too. It wasn't just mm-hmm. like kind of cynical Final Fantasy spin-offs. Mm-hmm. Um so you know that that Parasite Eve was also most famous at the time for being packaged with that demo disc that mm-hmm. had Does that list all the games that are demoed on it?
0: So you got a playable demo of Xenogears. Uh, Right. (laughs) It had had Bushido Blade 2, Brave Fencer Musashi, and Final Fantasy VIII.
1: Yeah, so it had all of those amazing demos on it. Uh, It... They would play commercials that had that opening... uh, Cutscene, which was so incredible and seemed really scary at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird to think this was only a few years after the Final Fantasy VI opera scene, yeah, kind of changed narratives in video games. Mm-hmm. It was like, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like have an opera scene in a video game and have it be like an emotional and moving thing. Uh, so this was only like what four or five years after Final Fantasy VI, and they're mm-hmm. doing another opera scene, but this time exquisitely rendered. Um, PS1 what
0: in PS1 CG graphics
1: in PS1 CG graphics where I know people aren't going to believe this when I tell you, but in 1998, that just looked like photorealistic.
0: Yeah, I mean so like. like- <laughs> it, i still think it does too i mean grant and i'm like for the most part kind of disconnected to that era like i'm my wheelhouse as a kid was like ps2 era and i thought that looked like real life but like even parasite eve's like the whole look to it all is like really realistic looking you know from the character's like and in cutscene and even sometimes out of cutscene, like in the gameplay itself, like it just looks real. Like these are realistic looking people. Um, and I, you know, the,
1: this merging of genre that they were doing here uh was something totally new too. Yeah. Where they like took the trappings of, of survival horror which wasn't that oversaturated then it was still kind of new mm-hmm. uh and mixed that with a horror game with uh rpg uh squaresoft fantasy mm-hmm. lushness and then set it in america mm-hmm. um so it was just really and and then it also had this like feminine image to it like yep. survival horror stuff was always very like masculine and like male looking kind yeah. of uh but this had this lush pink vagina lips uh kind <laughs> of like girly porny uh ambiance to it and then like they just sold it relentlessly with sex i remember just laughing at that evening gown that <laughs> is wearing that's like cut all the oh, way yeah. up to the navel, like you know, the meme it's... of like Angelina Jolie with the legs sticking out
0: <laughs> uh,
1: of that slit in her dress. It was like that, uh, but she's yeah. running around New York City with a gun in that evening, yeah, gown. in the
0: evening dress and <laughs> you're fighting these like you know, resident evil monsters. And it's such, I that that makes me love aya so much she is my most she is the most beautiful female character i've ever seen in a game and if you like look up all the concept art and promotional art they lean so hard into that fact like one of one of my favorite things i ever did it's this concept art by the artist tetsuya nomura who's you know been in final fantasy for t- decades now the kingdom Hearts guy and it's just a drawing of Aya with a jacket on but she's not wearing a shirt so you just see her like boobs covered by a jacket and she's like got her unbuttoned jeans uh yeah it uh the 90s
1: Janet Jackson Janet period unbuttoned jeans
0: and and there's like a great magazine cover from Japan where Aya and Eve are naked and Like, Eve is biting her ear, I think. Like, it's... Yeah, this game is very... Like, leans super hard into it. And, yeah, Aya is one of my favorite characters. And even with her doofy little walk animation, where, like, she's just roaming around with her little pistol in her hand. And she's got different outfits on throughout the game where she's going from that, like, you know, looks like wet t-shirt at the end of the game and her jeans... Like it's such a really unique energy for a game, and it's it's also one of it's one of two like RPG horror games on the PS one. The other one is uh Cadelka, and th- that one's not as. I interesting. never played
1: it, but I remember mm-hmm. reading about
0: it. Yeah, it, and it also I think was an M rated RPG. So I love how like this like really really super niche genre was like for like adults so to say right and and you... this
1: Parasite Eve was like the clear forerunner of two of my favorite games Fear Effect and Fear Effect 2 mm-hmm. which were also like six hours long mm-hmm. full of crazy CGI and really porny. Mm-hmm. Um the second one uh just featuring, like, lesbian sex on the
0: ads. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's... Even for today, like, it, to see a game that's, like... Even though it's... Like, when you play it, like, like you said, the mature sexual themes are them talking about sperm because, like, that's a main plot part of the game. Like, Eve trying to find a, a sperm to impregnate herself. Like, it feels so salacious... I can only imagine it was even war- bigger of a deal back in the '90s, but even now today, just because of the culture, like it's you don't see a game talking about that, like ha- just blatantly talking about, oh yeah, like uh, Eve had to get the sperm out of the out of the, uh, her husband and impregnate herself. But and yeah. I love how like <clears throat> one little throwaway detail in the mm-hmm. game is how like eve could in the first time around in in the first uh mitochondria event in japan it didn't work because there was two the the male mitochondria did not mesh with the female so they have to create a no male sperm mitochondria i love that (laughs) it's like yeah this game is just pure like lesbianism like just lipstick all that stuff it's really unique and i love to imagine just like a bunch of teenage boys are like oh it's the new SquareSoft game and i get to play as a girl and it's like all this like image all this like female energy just permeating at every scene
1: it felt like- very lurid at the time it it there was definitely a a different feeling to be caught playing that than something that could pass as just like cartoons or fantasy mm-hmm. it, it, it felt very porny <laughs> it,
0: it's a natural like evolution from something like final fantasy 7 which everyone everyone had played 7 so it's like you have this new rpg that came out and now it's even more for adults so to say and it's and it's also like it it's a game that i, I would blatantly just call like cool like it's just on a surface level from how you interact with it and what you experience in it like the the way the battle system works is like really i really love it it's it's like a mixture of turn base and action all together and i it's so streamlined where it's just like oh yeah aya just uses different guns and modifies guns like that's all you have to worry about Mm -hmm. and it and plus just also the the music in the game it's one of my favorite soundtracks ever done by one of my favorite composers ever uh she's done, she did music uh, yoko Shimomura. she did music for street fighter 2 mario rpg um she's done the kingdom hearts soundtrack uh for every kingdom hearts game she's done uh final <laughs> the cursed final fantasy 15 Her music is like the one of the few bright spots in that game for me. Mm -hmm. Um, She's like legitimately one of my favorite composers ever. And the soundtrack is like really cool where it's a mixture of like opera, opera lyrics or like synthesized opera singing and techno music. When I love how she said that the techno music came from when she went to L.A. and went out to the nightclubs there and that's where the inspiration came from um
1: yeah it all has the even though like the visual technology has advanced so much from final fantasy 6 uh the opera stuff all has the same little like keyboard like like that you know (laughs) like the same kind of sound
0: It, it it's so i love it and yeah it's great um it It's such a warm, like just really, even though like in the context of Parasite Eve, it's like a very like scary moment to see like an opera stage suddenly, you know, everyone's being set ablaze. It's such like that, that specific synthesized opera voice is like, I know that A, I'm in for a good time and B, it's like a very comforting sound to me. And I've heard the versions of the soundtrack where they actually had an opera singer sing the lyrics that were supposed to be there. And it's, like, beautiful. But yeah. I still would prefer the synthesized lyrics more, or the synthesized sounds. Um,
1: And this was only three years before 9-11, and it is depicting this, like, terroristic event Oh yeah, with like fighter uh, jets happening in Manhattan where they have to like evacuate the island.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all these fighter jets just exploding like right by the <laughs> by the twin towers. Uh yeah, it's yeah, when that was allowed back then. And I love this is like a I love just the setting of like a Squaresoft game in real life. Like it it's an RPG set in New York City. And I I just find it cool. Like I love how the the map is like a 3D diorama. Like and it's and I like how it's like so quaint where you see like little boats just like going on the river, like in this little map that you can just spin around and when you zoom in, it like you get a full close-up of that building. And it's so I yeah, like the it's hard to not to say other it's cool because like no other game is truly like this. It's so
1: no, it it is just cool. I mean, that is what this game is like. It's something that now they could sell like T shirts of it to mm-hmm. someone who never played uh, this game at all. You mm-hmm. know, to like a girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. Yeah, they're this is a perfect game for someone who doesn't want to sign their life away for an rpg because you which know, you
1: was sh- all they talked about when it came out because it was just guys being salty about how short it was
0: yeah i, I read re- every
1: review yeah like they were that.
0: they said yeah the game's too short the game's too easy uh and they also said the music wasn't good which is insane to me like every, they were like trying to find ways to like Find a problem with this game but to me it's like kind of a perfect little thing like you just pop it in and you can beat it in a weekend if you're like super dedicated and you know they encourage you to play it again with that that new game plus uh i think it's called like ex game where you Mm -hmm. (laughs) you go up the chrysler building and fight 77 floors of monsters Um, yeah
1: which is so cool uh and like the fighting system in this was kind of reused for vagrant story where the dome like a kind of sphere comes out mm-hmm. of you uh and because of the complaints about this being so short, they artificially made vagrant story l- way longer than it needed to be so it, it was just like full of kind of generic dungeon crawl stuff. <laughs> Just so people wouldn't say it's short, like
0: it's, it's the shortness is a good thing. I mean, yeah, we've talked like we did Final Fantasy VIII, and that was that's like a 40 hour game. And don't get me wrong, I love Final Fantasy VIII, but it's like any RPG that I see nowadays, I'm just like, well, there goes a month of my life. Um, like Yeah, you you know how like with the Spotify wraps, like PlayStation does their own. And Mm -hmm. my most played game of twenty twenty three was a final was Final Fantasy sixteen. And I was like, well, I clocked in like forty to fifty hours of this game, Mm -hmm. and like in many such cases. So to have like a game where you know it takes like anywhere from six to ten hours, if it's your first time, it's like perfect. Uh, I yeah, I it's night like I love. That this is like a blockbuster movie as an RPG, you know, which is what they sold it as. It was the cinematic RPG. And it was the first time that square had to work with an American. They, they worked with an American company to help develop this game. And I love just this sort of like extreme over the top action sequences that are like throughout this game. Like, when you're having that battle with Eve on the horse-drawn carriage and the horse is on fire because its mitochondria was activated and now you're on this, like, really cool set-piece moment or, I mean, the opening opera scene, as we've, you know, gushed about it, like, to have your game open on that is, like, really shocking and really scary. Um, And also, just the fact that this was, like, I think... A year after Final Fantasy VII came out, and it's like the the leap in one year in terms of like just you know white knuckle action, even for an RPG, was like astounding to witness. Kind of,
1: yeah. The leap in the cutscenes from Final Fantasy VII to this was huge too.
0: I mean, and and I love
1: that everything in this period of several years uh, was all like some alternate. Uh, a concept for either a Final Fantasy entry or a sequel to Chrono Trigger. <laughs> so, like Xenogears was like both a Final Final Fantasy, Fantasy 7 7 7. concept and a sequel to Chrono Trigger concept, but then became this other thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Final Fantasy <laughs> is the game that kept on giving for so long. Like and the and the only thing that like I read is like the original concept for seven that became Parasite Eve was that you played as a detective in New York city, trying to like uncover what a sorceress is doing. And it was supposed to be like a 2d game, like on the super Nintendo. And I love how that over time that became this game, this like, yeah, this, this hyper feminine, hyper sexual, uh, game that millions of people bought. And didn't question it. Um, there were just
1: so many creative people that they let make these games because Final Fantasy VII made them realize they could sell RPGs to normal people. Mm-hmm. So because of that rash of interest in RPGs, they it seemed like they were just like kind of greenlighting everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, like in this, like I've talked about Einhander with reagan and it's like even though that's not of the same thing it's still like a really cool really unique little game that at the time even though it wasn't like a hit they were still like creating really out there concepts for everything that they want to do it's like if some person in that team wanted to do a game they were like all right good you can do it Um, and they were all
1: like 80 hours long but unfinished anyway like Xenogears <laughs> is uh 80 hours long and unfinished Saga Frontier is like 80 hours long and unfinished
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> they
1: just eventually have to like ship out the game at some point and it's always like to be continued but then it
0: you know, <laughs> then never it's, happened it's lo- left in the ether uh-huh. yeah I mean like you have like you know Saga Frontier the Final Fantasy Tactics um bray fencer musashi ein the final fantasies uh chrono cross like there's so many
1: legend of mana mm-hmm. there was the there was the summer of vagrant story where they like had all these dramatic ads that were like square soft summer of rpgs and it was everything had like this beautiful kind of like hand-drawn art style so mm-hmm. saga frontier 2 had that art style and mm-hmm. uh legend i think it's legend of man yeah. mm-hmm. had it and uh they let's see there was like a weird side scroller called threads of fate uh, yeah that where one rings where a bell. you like played as like a boy or a girl mm-hmm. but the, the graphics were beautiful
0: uh also another beloved game of this era, uh Airgaze, otherwise as I called it, Erm Gaze. Um it's That's the
1: fighting one.
0: Yeah, it's the fighting one with cloud in it. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they were just pump they were just pumping out like games left or right and you know it's a it's a miracle that they did come out because there was a period where sony actually sony of america was like we don't want these like japanese games coming to america like these these weirdo rpg games coming over to the west and it's like now they're like a mainstay in gaming Mm -hmm. cultures and so all that stuff and all the just man it's like thinking about all these like Really cool, really out there concepts. Like you said, these unfinished concepts. And they just kind of just, whoop, we're never touching that again. Uh, if we do, it's like a new reimagining. Like Xenogears Gears didn't get finished, so it, they go to Xeno Saga. Uh, uh, Chrono Cross yeah. left in the dust. Um, Einhonder left in the dust. Parasite Eve basically left in the dust. Um, which is sad because uh Parasite Eve is still such a cool concept, cool game. Well, I I remember when Parasite Eve
1: 2 came out, because mm. it came out like the same time as Dino Crisis.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I think it was Dino Crisis or mm-hmm. Dino Crisis 2, but they kind of like looked the same. Uh, Mm -hmm. and kind of played the same because for Parasite Eve 2 they just turned it into like a regular survival horror game
0: yes they did and yeah
1: yeah, it was was really strange so those two two were like kind of mixed in my head
0: I I love too that this era like you had all these like big big name games and I love you mentioned it earlier saying how like Parasite Eve is this like very feminine thing compared to resident evil but even resident evil has this like weird feminine energy to it where you can you can pick to be a a guy or a girl character or in the third game you could only it just
1: feels a little more tranny to me
0: in the third game you could only play as a female character um it nemesis (laughs) jill valentine and her tube skirt um (laughs) what I love Resident Evil character names because they're so like Japanese person is like, who, what is a cool action name character? Oh, yeah, Jill Valentine. Well,
1: yeah, there's that, uh, Japanese people depicting fantasy versions of America is always cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, like in Resident Evil or like in Parasite Eve, because, mm-hmm. you know, their vision is just like hot white girls running around in evening gowns with a big slit. Yeah, uh, and everyone has guns, you know, because uh, since they're in Japan, they can't like have a military or guns or anything since they were the, Nazis, yeah, a so short time ago. So,
0: so they're just like, well, what's the closest thing we do? We just well, get we a bunch of American girls
1: autogunophilically <laughs> make stories about American girls running around in gun with guns,
0: and in some cases, these became mega franchises like Resident <laughs> Evil, which is hilarious. Uh, Resident Evil being this like bumbling franchise at times, this this literal like mitochondria goof monster that is like roaming culture itself. um,
1: yeah, I just love that like Resident Evil was constantly like dissecting and reliving the events of that f- first game as if it's like really super important. yeah it, like it's it's always like, oh this yeah. game takes place. In between the five minutes that <laughs> uh, somebody, you know, one of these characters went to the bathroom, and the original, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm... like as though you care so much about that. And, I mean, know, that's that's literally really the premise.
0: That's the premise of Resident Evil Three. It's like, oh yeah, this is Jill's side of the story, and it takes place between yeah. in it before and di- after Resident this, Evil Two.
1: Jill Briefly got knocked out by something that fell on her head and this is her dream that took
0: place and she's knocked out she's knocked out for two days because a big giant tentacle monster assaulted her (laughs) uh uh, but yeah uh, i will give parasite eve like it feels a lot more just you know there's like an element of classiness in a, in a way compared to Resident right. Evil. Resident Evil feels like trash at times. It felt
1: really trashy. And like, you could tell they were trying to be like, what if a video game was a movie, but it like, it's like, what if a video game was like the most like, like worst straight to video movie <laughs> ever. But then this just had like a, a kind of big budget glossy pedigree to it and the fact that also that it was uh based on a book yeah. not that any Americans could no. read the book at that time nope. but, but I like that it's like not the plot of the book it's like actually a sequel to the book
0: yeah it it's I haven't read the book but it is a like sequel slash retelling slash almost new entity in this like this this property too and what's really funny is that there was a live action like movie in japan of parasite the adaptation of the book and apparently the author is like yeah the game's better the game is a better adaptation of, of the book than any than the movie um yeah it
1: i think it's cool that the author just Sign the rights away and let them.
0: I I read into it. It's kind of funny. Really I read uh into the meaning of that, and it's actually really funny how that all happened, because Sakaguchi, the guy who made Final Fantasy, came to the 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 printing the the uh the publisher, and they were in dire straits because they were under investigation for their uh I think it was either the CEO or like some high up guy got arrested for smuggling cocaine and from LA and they lost a lot of money and <laughs> they're just, they were just signing like deals just to like, please give us money. We don't care what you do. Um. So I like, <laughs> the, I like how Parasite Eve has like that little fun fact, like trivia thing, like the Madonna thing mentioned earlier. They should uh, just
1: make the Parasite Eve movie with Madonna now, with
0: Madonna's Eve. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I think she was if I think that's what she would, would have been if those rumors were true. I'm just wondering who would have been casted as Aya. I mean
1: uh Monica from Twitter, Mommy oh, Milkers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. I want to see her run I want to see her running around in the <laughs> she evening. She can
1: run around New York with a gun and a big uh, oh, yeah, like a bandage dress with a, like a slit on the side. Can
0: someone please Photoshop that? I would love that. <laughs> just, just photo, like take the game cover, put Monica's face right there, yes. and then put just put Madonna, yeah. just put like Madame X Madonna in the background. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I like lost my train of thought because that's like the only thing I'm thinking about right now. Um, but yeah, it. There, I, I, yeah, and Brea, I love how she's like in this high heels dress, and she like jumps down these like giant, like several story, you know, drops, and she's like landing like a ballet dancer on them.
1: That wasn't a problem because prior to twenty thirteen, everybody knew that was fantasy and made up.
0: Yeah, do you
1: remember the controversy over Jurassic World because oh yeah, running in heels? Bryce Dallas Howard is wearing high heels. And people are yeah. like, misogynist. It's not real. The like, hell, how would she do that? It's a movie. None of it's real. Yeah, it's about dinosaurs.
0: I you gotta love it. You gotta love the insanity of just yeah. like, yeah. But like, it just adds to the uh, the almighty power that Aya has in my world, in my brain. Where it's just like, she's running around Central Park, just like gunning down like mutant dogs while there's going to be another opera concert uh, that everyone is, like, going to. And, you know, Aya being this, like, semi, like, invulnerable, like, science experiment type thing uh, where she, because she had a damaged cornea, she got an eye from her deceased sister, and now she can relive the trauma of her 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 sister dying in an operating room, and it gives her I superpowers. Very days of our lives, and, and like it a gives a her
1: transplanted super... organ yeah, giving yeah. someone.
0: Yeah, and then she gets superpowers out of it. Like she she is invulnerable to the uh, spontaneous combustion that is plaguing New York City. Um, and I, I, like, there's so many like little things just about this game, like even down to the like cute little side characters that you meet like the police officers Wayne, Wayne and Torres and they're like adorable like banter between each other and it kind of has a cute a sad little ending where Torres gets killed there's the 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 little plot line of the kid Ben and the dog uh Shiva and you're just like oh that kid's going to get killed uh cuz all animals just turn into monsters in this game um yeah there's there's so many like little bits of this game that i just adore and it makes me just like want i honestly just want to play it again right now it's like my new christmas tradition
1: <laughs> well that's good cuz it's the only short game ever <laughs> that you can it's
0: it's the perfect bite-sized rpg and lord knows that literally in about t-minus one month there's an rpg coming out that's going to literally both well there's two rpgs but there's one coming out next month or at the beginning of february where it's going to take over my life because it's going to be a hundred hours long um it's a new persona 3 remake and that's arguably one of my favorite games of all time uh the game that i think it was the first game i ever cried playing because <laughs> it, it was like awesome. f- it was the first game i was ever exposed to the concept of like where the central theme of that game is death and you're like befriending all your like high school friends and you're all helping deal with their like problems in life and you have to stop the impending death god.
1: Wait, you froze up.
0: Oh, yeah, just persona three. There? Yeah, I'm here. Uh is it uh did it die? Come on, Zoom, don't do this to me. Let me see. Turn that off. I hope he didn't get kicked out. That would be sad. Hold on. Okay, we hey. survived. We survived.
1: We survived.
0: Uh, But yeah, I was just talking about Persona 3. It's one of my most beloved games. But the point being is it's a 100-plus hour game because it's an SMT game. And... <laughs> I don't want to sign my life over to an RPG like that. I just I'll play like 10 Parasite Eves in a row instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm as I get older, it's harder and harder to sit down and play these met monolith games anymore. It's just wait. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> this this is your warning to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just wait until you will never be able to integrate a 100 hour smt game into your life anymore or maybe you will who knows
0: i well i'm gonna try my darndest that's for sure yeah i'm gonna try
1: hold on to the dream
0: yeah i mean i will and it'll probably not work out just because the last time i did that was smt 5 and i did that for a podcast so you
1: played that whole thing
0: yes Took me. I 80. played like
1: I <laughs> took, bought that when it came out, and I played like maybe eight hours of it.
0: Yeah, it, it. And I didn't get the the full ending like Zach did, and that took like him and a hundred hours to do. Uh, it took, it took. I don't know when
1: Zach played all these hundred hour games.
0: I, I don't, because it when, seems
1: like he's always been popular.
0: Well, I think it's a lot when you're younger and you're just like I have a lot more time on my hand. Like that's but how I played I've, like all of them. I I had a lot more de- determination to play these games when I was younger because I was like, oh my god, this like creepy, scary like RPG that's in a really cool dystopian world. I have to play it because a bunch of people on the internet are saying like, you have to be a real gamer, you have to play Shimagami Tensei Nocturne, uh, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'll do that, um, and I did, yeah and now i feel i feel a different man than than i was beforehand Mm -hmm. um just can't wait for the day when and they're they're making like their their newest smt franchise where it's like smt and persona and i'm like good lord i'm gonna die it's
1: smt and what do you you mean
0: it has like smt's like like persona is like set in the real world and smt is kind of like more so like the apocalypse world sort of thing Mm -hmm. so it's like they're kind of combining the like an smt's i would say more mature than in persona at least the newer personas so it's like smt's tone and personas like whole like social simulator in a fantasy setting oh my god yeah that that's what this new thing they're making is called. And it has such a ridiculous name. It's called Metaphor Refantasio. Uh it's kind of crazy. Uh
1: what's there's some offshoot of Shin Megami Tensei that looked really frightening. It was like PS2 era and
0: It has, like,
1: Nazis on the cover.
0: Yeah, Raido Kuzunoha. Um,
1: What's going on there?
0: It's, like, a game where you play as a detective in, like, 1930s Japan, and you're fighting off, like, demons, basically, that are invading the world. It's so
1: scary when Japanese people do stuff about Nazis, like, in, like, Ratsuki Doji 2, like, porn stuff, where it's, like, hitler has a milking machine (laughs) that milks 30 underage girls at once
0: yeah it yeah and what's crazy too about that uh fran sub franchise is that it got a sequel which is kind of funny um this like game where the the front yeah right devil summoner raido kuzunoha versus the soulless army is the full name oh my gosh um where on the cover it has like all these smt look characters and then you see like the emperor of 1930s japan in the background with like war planes and ships and i'm like this got a sequel like it's crazy. Who?
1: What fucking school shooter was playing that in America for
0: <laughs> to get a sequel? I don't... I can't
1: be summoning devils. I'm too scared of that.
0: I understand that. I mean, I can't
1: be so. Sum- I'm. T- I I know it will backfire on me. I'm simply too scared.
0: Well, I remember when. Um... It was like years ago you were looking up we were talking about it in a chat and the like the books that smt were based off where it's about a high schooler who goes on the internet and gets sucked into the internet which is full of demons
1: yeah it's about a 36 year old gay man who goes on the internet and buys a video game about summoning demons (laughs) and plays it as a joke and then real demons are so no it's yeah the the stuff anything that makes it too literal where it's like it's about a devil coming out of your computer Mm -hmm. that you summon. that really scares the shit out of me there's a movie called evil speak i think where Mm -hmm. clint howard summons a devil in the computer in 1985 Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that scares the shit out of me because then I become like a neurotic mess, and I think everything, like anything bad that happens to me after that, is because
0: mm-hmm. uh, because
1: Shin Megami Tensei has uh, infected my life and ruined it.
0: Yeah, and you say that as I am looking at on my shelf. The five SMT games all sitting next to each other.
1: I felt so depressed when I was playing Nocturne. I was, I was like, "This is great," but it felt like melancholy, during angle, like soul emptiness, uh, like I was dead. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like,
0: oh, "Yeah,
1: I feel yeah. like <laughs> I'm wandering around a hospital in hell, alone, being yeah,
0: <laughs> and schizophrenic,
1: and the devil is talking to me."
0: I like how. On my shelf, I have these five games. I have Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2.
1: Psychotic. What yeah. do Japanese people think of that? Since, like, whatever, devils don't mean anything to them or something.
0: I Your guess is as good as mine. It's just wild to see, like, one of those games on the spine, on the side. Like, the SMT logo is, like, almost kind of a pentagram too which is like unnerving oh my god
1: no so scary
0: and i like how it's just that those games are sitting next to like silent hill 2 and siren these other like it makes
1: me think uh what's the, what's the like psycho autist that shot up to elementary school that those black eyes and the bulk? yeah cut? it makes me think of like guys like that
0: <laughs> yeah I well, mean
1: they summon devils through the computer
0: that sounds about right I mean I that's I
1: who had owned digital devil summoner Hitler's return
0: because you you'll never meet anyone in regular life who will say that they've played these games I'm like I'm one of the few and if you
1: did imagine what else they're into
0: yeah exactly like what, <laughs> like good lord I, that you
1: know that they are into cock cages at the very least.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, no. I, uh, uh, Just like playing
1: digital devil summoner with like a your little shriveled dick in a cock cage.
0: No, no, no.
1: Before you I, shoot up a school,
0: <laughs> uh, it's like nightmare fuel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm <laughs> what? I'm just gonna hold my Parasite Eve close to me. <laughs> At least I, I'm just there's my fantastical game about beautiful women shooting guns. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I love Parasite Eve. Um, everyone should play it. It's such a fun little game. Um, I want to thank you, Jack, for joining me again on this fun little night. Um, my full pleasure. Of, full of Christmas and uh lesbians uh wanting to stop impregnation basically
1: <laughs> thank you so much oh, merry it's, christmas
0: merry christmas to you and everyone who listens and I think that is where we will say stop <laughs>